the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. Uh, my name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and I'm joined by my co-host Don Dix, chapter leader of Act for America in Corona. And, uh, you know, notwithstanding all of the uh, sexual harassment news of this week, we are pleased to have on the line with us a guest that addresses another very, very important issue that has also been in the news, and that's immigration. As Ann Coulter said, that immigration is the most important issue because it determines all other issues. And to help us do what's going on with immigration now, we are pleased to have Mike Cutler on the line. He is a 30-year veteran in immigration enforcement, and I, Don may know all, all the various positions you've held, but you've done practically everything there is to do in Pretty immigration much. enforcement. Yeah, that's true. I was an immigration inspector. I spent the years in the adjudications officer. I was a special agent. I rotated through all the squads within the investigations branch here in New York City. Uh, I was also the first INS agent assigned to the Unified Intelligence Division of the Drug Enforcement Administration. Uh, and then I was promoted to senior special agent and assigned to the Organized Crime Drug Enforcement Task Force. So uh, I've had the opportunity to work with other federal, state law and, and local law enforcement agencies, as well as law enforcement agencies from around the world. Uh, including Israel, Canada, Great Britain, uh, Japan. And um, I've been before a bunch of congressional hearings, provided testimony to the 9-11 Commission, having arrested terrorists as well as international drug traffickers during my career. So um, I'm happy to provide my perspectives to you and particularly to your audience. I am so glad we have someone on the radio with us who can accurately give us Mike Cutler's expansive curriculum vitae. It's great. <laughs> it's great to have you with us, Mr. Cutler. I so appreciate it. Some of the issues that are coming up regarding immigration, of course, another terror attack. This time, someone that was able to gain access into the country via a program that many people probably weren't even aware existed called the Visa Lottery. Uh, this individual uh, in your uh, relative hometown right across the uh, across the waterway there in Manhattan took the lives of eight of your uh, fellow citizens in a uh, vehicle jihad attack. But it's opened up a conversation uh, again about our immigration uh, issues. And in particular, this visa lottery program that's responsible for bringing 30,000 people from terror funding nations since 2011. And also now, I guess they've determined that there are eight other individuals that have been able to take advantage and game this visa lottery system uh, who are actually very uh, close to going operational in uh, in jihad terms. W- what can you fill us in on this program? Well, I, I don't know about those other eight, but I can tell you, and by the way, uh, eight, eight, most of the people killed five were actually citizens of Argentina. 
Uh, and it happened just a couple of blocks from what we came to unfortunately refer to as ground zero. But look, the entire visa process lacks integrity, Don. Uh, in point of fact, I did my very first congressional hearing May 20th, 1997, on the issue of visa fraud and immigration benefit fraud because of two deadly terror attacks that have been carried out in the United States in 1993. So the diversity visa makes no sense. Uh, these are people who are competing with Americans for jobs. Let's remember that the immigration laws, first and foremost, were enacted uh, to enforce the laws to protect American workers and their jobs and wages. The Labor Department, prior to the Second World War, in point of fact, uh, bore the responsibility for enforcing and administering the immigration laws. But if you look at the immigration crisis, so much time has been wasted purely focusing on the Mexican border. Now, don't get me wrong, the border has to be secured. But in point of fact, we're a nation of 50 border states. Any state that has an international airport lies along our northern or southern borders or has access to America's 95,000 miles of coastline are all border states. Most of the terrorists, if you look at the 9-11 Commission findings, almost all, almost all terrorists who entered the country, not just the 9-11 hijackers, had entered through international airports and either claimed political asylum or got visas by committing subterfuge fraud. So the entire process lacks integrity, and that's an issue that Senator, uh, now Attorney General Jeff Sessions, was very concerned about, focused much of his attention on. It's something that the Trump administration is trying to address, being stymied at every turn by the courts, including the Supreme Court, stymied by members of Congress from both political parties. Um, and here in New York City, um, you know, we keep getting all this money because we're identified as the number one terror target, and we are. But yet, uh, the city of New York has created sanctuary policies that fly in the face of the findings and recommendations of the 9-11 Commission that found that first and foremost, 9-11 was a direct result of multiple failures of the immigration system. Exactly. So think, think about that. We've created a sanctuary where we provide, and by the way, that whole term sanctuary is bogus. Uh, you know, I write for a bunch of websites, one of them being the social contract, and this, their fall edition includes an article that I wrote about the nexus between censorship and tyranny. The road to tyranny is paved with censorship. When you start altering language to achieve political or other objectives, you've lost your freedom of speech. And so this isn't about political correctness, but about being Orwellian. Changing the language to change thought processes. By declaring any foreign national president in the United States to be an immigrant, not an alien, Suddenly, anybody who dares suggest that we should maintain control over who we let in, not based on race, religion, or ethnicity, but based on criminal history, involvement with terrorism, espionage, gang activity, um, suddenly you're declared non, uh, you're anti-immigrant, when in reality you're simply being pro-enforcement. And I want to make a quick point. Yes. You know, I mentioned it before. I was an immigration inspector, and let me tell you that the great majority of folks who came through my uh, booth at Kennedy International Airport when I was an inspector, and the same goes for all the inspectors, were guided by a section of law, Title Eight, United States Code, Section 1182, that categorizes who's to be kept out of the country, and it's all about criminals, aliens with dangerous diseases, mental illness, people who pose a threat to our security and our jobs. <clears throat> it has nothing to do with race, religion, or ethnicity. We admit many more aliens than we ever try to stop. When I was an adjudicator, I approved the great majority of applications that landed on my desk. So the idea that if you enforce the law, you're being anti-immigrant is insanity, and it's a big lie. 
<clears throat> in fact, we admit more lawful immigrants every year than the entire world combined, the other countries of the world combined. This is amazing. One it's, million it's, every and year. it's amazing to me, uh, you know, that statistic that we do have so many immigrants. Mike, we need to take a break. You have written an article that sure. appeared in Front Page magazine called Diversity Lottery, a game of Russian roulette, American sovereignty and security dismantled under a guise of diversity that appeared on November 10th, 2017. Right. And because this issue of immigration has arisen, particularly in regards to national security, we wanted to have you on so that we could get your thoughts on this. Absolutely. We're, we're going to continue with more with Michael Cutler, uh, a 30 year veteran of the Immigration and Naturalization Service uh formerly called the Immigration and Naturalization <laughs> Service. He hosts a radio show called the Michael Cutler Hour on Friday evenings on Blog Talk Radio, and his personal website is michaelcutler.net. More with Michael Cutler after the break. After this word from Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. That got for this. Hey, Larry Elder here. Now, if you're a homeowner thinking about refinancing or you'd like to be a homeowner and aren't sure where to start, call my friend Ed Hoffman at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Rates are great right now, and from what Ed tells me, there are a lot of great opportunities out there in real estate. You need a lender you can count on, and I can vouch for Ed. He'll deal with you straight and advise you like you're part of the family. Just give Ed a call at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I know Ed. He's a good guy. He'll talk to you like a friend and won't make you feel like you've just walked into a shark tank. Now's the time to buy or refinance. Give my friend Ed Hoffman a call at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Again, 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or visit him online, wccloans.com. 855-640-2020. AM 590, the answer. This is Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez urging you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire radio program. We have on the radio right now with us uh, Michael Cutler, a 30-year veteran of the Immigration and Naturalization Services he is a resident of Brooklyn, New York. The ashes of 9-11 fell in his yard. Uh, he is an eminent authority on the immigration issue. And we just left off with uh, Greg and Michael talking about the expansiveness of America's immigration program compared to other countries. And I want to pick up uh, with that thought about the the depth and breadth of America's immigration system. Yeah, most, there's a lot of focus, sure. more focus on illegal immigration, but I think most Americans don't understand the scope of legal immigration. And you mentioned there's a million plus green cards every year, but there's also a lot of temporary work permits in, uh, that are yeah. issued every year. Tell, elaborate on that. Sure, I will. And by the way, as I'm speaking to you, I'm in my car driving with my family, and I am right now passing the spot where this latest terrorist attack took place. Oh, in Manhattan. I mean, yeah. literally and figuratively, this certainly strikes close to home for me. And, you know, with the big emphasis on illegal immigration, people are ignoring that the legal system lacks integrity. As I started to say, the 19 hijackers, most of them came through international airports uh, and were legally admitted. There were a couple that claimed political asylum. Some used false ID and so forth. But this is a failure of the legal system. 
we've naturalized terrorists. Faisal Shahzad, the Times Square bomber, came here on a student visa at the age of 20 from Pakistan. We gave him citizenship. Less than a year later, he sets off a car bomb in lower in, in the, uh, midtown Manhattan at Times Square. The Tsarnaev brothers came to the United States with visas, claimed political asylum, and um, went back to Russia, although they had claimed asylum. Asylum means I can't go home. I have a credible fear that if I return to my country, I will face persecution or perhaps worse. So they obviously lied and then went on to carry out the deadly attack at the Boston Marathon. One of the two brothers had been granted citizenship. They're supposed to do, they, meaning immigration, is supposed to do good moral character investigations into uh, aliens seeking to become citizens. Clearly, the system lacks integrity. We are processing so many aliens for lawful status that there are no interviews very frequently, no field investigations. You know, they talk about we're going to do a background check. A background check is worthless in many cases. All it means is you run the name the person gave you. They could lie about their name. Sure. And if their fingerprints aren't on file, they get a clean record. Think of how many people can game that process successfully. And now in New York, we've given hundreds of thousands of illegal aliens municipal ID. These are people who entered the country not undocumented. That's an Orwellian term. It doesn't exist. You can't enter a place undocumented, okay? That's like saying you go to the bank and you make an undocumented withdrawal when, in point of fact, you rob the bank. You don't call that an undocumented withdrawal. Exactly. Uh, drunk drivers are not uh, drunk drivers. We don't call them sobriety-challenged motorists. But to alter the perception of the public, we've come to refer to aliens who sneak into the country, enter surreptitiously, as being, quote-unquote, undocumented. That's bogus. It's a lie. It's Orwellian. It's propaganda. We admit tens of millions of non-immigrants into the United States as tourists, as students, as exchange visitors, for a wide variety of purposes. We are the most generous and accepting of all the countries on the planet. And yet, if you dare suggest that we get rid of people who take the jobs of Americans, if we expel people who commit crimes, you're suddenly branded a hater and a xenophobe. You know, we have a serious problem where every year thousands of aliens, thousands of people are losing their lives to aliens who have no lawful right to be in the United States. Think about how insane that is, that you would give people lawful status and they shouldn't, uh, and they shouldn't even be here because we don't even know who we're giving lawful status to half the time. We have a real problem with China. Let's be blunt about this. China is an adversary. They're not our ally. China has given much technology to North Korea. Right now, we have more than 150,000 foreign students from China learning to be scientists, technologists, engineers, computer programmers. They hack our computer systems on, a, on an hourly basis, minute by minute, thousands of times a day. They are building their military. The obvious adversary they have in mind is the United States of America. Yet we are educating their engineers who are building their military. Consider that. It'd be like during the, the Cold War. It'd be like during the Cold War well, if we brought it, Russians it, over it, to educate well, them. But in... this, right, but but this is so we're now devolving. We're devolving into po the potential of a Cold War with China until Donald Trump stepped up and and sent three aircraft carrier groups into the South China Sea. The, the bottom line is. They are not acting as allies or partners. They're acting as adversaries. And yet we foolishly, naively treat them as allies. And they're not. The, and they're not. They're beating us eight ways from Sunday 
they're helping North Korea build its technology. We are acting against our own best interest and against the best interest of our own citizens. We have many Americans who have lost their jobs to computer programmers from India. You know, we're constantly told, oh, if we want to lead, we need to bring in the world's best and brightest. We heard that from Ted Cruz, the same guy that talks about uh, American exceptionalism. Well, if you believe in American exceptionalism, then the world's best and brightest are called Americans. But on the other hand, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and a laundry list of other groups have gotten to our political leaders, so-called, both political parties, and the goal is clear. The goal is to flood America with cheap labor, with foreign tourists and foreign students. And this includes criminals and other people who pose a threat to our safety and well-being. And if you dare suggest that we do anything to protect ourselves, you're castigated by the media. They refer to people that want immigration anarchy as being pro-immigrant and those who seek integrity to the immigration system as being anti-immigrant. That's not the case. Quick point, Greg, and then we got to take quick point, Greg, and then we have to take a break and we'll be back with more with Michael Cutler. What you what do you got, Greg? There was just a study done in, in, released in September of 2016 by the National Academy of Scientists funded by the pro-immigration MacArthur Foundation, and it determined that the combination of legal and illegal Im- immigrants in the country, because they depress wages, the laws of supply and demand, reduces the wages of American workers every year by $500 billion. That is, well, that's a big and number. And then look at the remittances, and look at the remittances being wired out of the country by foreign workers. Exactly. Uh, that accounts for another couple of hundred billion dollars. So we're we're bleeding red and green to placate um, the open borders immigration anarchists. We're going to have more with Michael Cutler, thirty-year senior immigration and naturalization service uh, agent, senior special agent. That it doesn't sound like, much, but senior special agent Michael, that's a that's a very high position within that department, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Militarily, my my grade was the equivalent of a lieutenant colonel if I was in the military. There you go. Back with more with Michael Cutler on this expansive topic of immigration after After this this word from Ed Hoffman of of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation and host of the main event, which airs every weekend here on AM 590 The Answer. I'm proud to be a part of the effort to make America great again. Not just by supporting the station and conservative movement, but also by helping people achieve the American dream of home ownership. Whether you're looking to achieve that dream and you need financing, or you already own a home and you're considering refinancing your mortgage in order to lower your payment, shorten your term, or pay off high interest debt, or if you're over 62 and want to look into that great financing tool known as a reverse mortgage, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, toll free day or night, 855 855- 640-2020. I'll give you all your options, answer all your questions, and walk you through the process. And don't forget to listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturdays at 9.30 a.m. and 9 o'clock p.m., Sundays at 8 a.m., right here on AM 590 The Answer. Licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate, broker license number 01147747, and California Finance Lenders license number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions, MB number 096199. AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. We have on the line Mike Cutler, a 30-year veteran of immigration enforcement, doing practically all aspects of immigration enforcement. And uh, under Obama, there was practically no immigration enforcement. Things are better now. Elaborate, if you would, on how bad it was under Obama and 
how much better it is under Trump? Well, under Obama, it wasn't lack of enforcement. That would have been bad enough. But Obama was using executive authority that he did not have. It was a legal overreach on a, on a galactic scale to provide illegal aliens with lawful status under what, the, what he referred to as um, um, discretion, right? He called it, um, I'm trying to think of the exact term that he had used, a prosecutorial discretion. Yes. In reality, I had said he should have called it prosecutorial deception, because in reality, uh, what he was doing was, wasn't simply marshalling, uh, marshalling limited resources and saying to the agents, well, if someone doesn't have a serious criminal history, you don't arrest them. And by the way, you can't do that either because terrorists and spies and other bad guys, sleepers so-called, uh, their goal is to get into the country legally or illegally and then maintain a low profile, sometimes for years, waiting for that tap on the shoulder or that email or other message telling them that tomorrow is the day. So if you're here illegally, you should never be able to put your head down on the pillow and go to sleep sound uh, with the idea that you have nothing to fear. Uh, mm -hmm. That's called deterrence through enforcement. Now, we do it with everything, whether it's drunk driving, tax laws. You know, the average American gets a letter from the IRS. They immediately run to the bathroom, don't they? Uh, why is it that illegal aliens think that the immigration laws are, are, are of no consequence? So much so that so much so that you had a thousand of these so-called dreamers take over the Senate building earlier this week. A thousand of yeah. them in the middle of the Senate building demanding, uh, you know, the Dream Act, demanding citizenship. Well, they should demand it because our government proves to them that we will fold like a cheap suit if they look at us the wrong way. Think about that. Yeah, you know. And by the way, it's remarkable, going back to the use of Orwellian language, if you use the word alien, you know, it's supposedly a terrible word. Legally, all it means is any person not a citizen or national of the United States. It's not an insult. It's a statement that has clarity. And when you're a con artist, the last thing you want is clarity. You want to spew a, a smokescreen of obfuscating language, and that's part of the tactic. But as bad as the word alien is, isn't it remarkable that the A in dreamer is alien as in alien minors? So the hypocrisy. Chuck Schumer, the architect of the agriculture amnesty provision of the Reagan administration, which was another disaster for America and Americans, uh, now says that if you trespass on critical infrastructure, if you trespass on national landmarks, there should be a federal law so that you go to jail for five years. But then Chuck Schumer says, when you trespass on America, you've earned the right to U.S. citizenship, the highest honor bestowed upon a foreign national. The hypocrisy, the disconnect between reality and the language that's being used by these open borders globalists is stunning. I just Look, want to... Trump is I just want to follow up on your statement about uh, DREAMER. DREAMER stands for Development, Relief, and Education for Alien Miners Act. It's right in the yep. it's right in the name. Yep. Isn't that remarkable that the word alien suddenly became laudable and palatable when it was used in conjunction with a false narrative? Now, understand that hundreds of thousands of illegal aliens, when I say to people, well, how old do you think they had to be in order to qualify? Everyone says, oh, they had to be kids. No, they didn't. The age cutoff back when Obama declared this illegal program was 31. Now we're up to 36. They only had a claim, claim that they came before their 16th birthday. No interviews, no field investigation. Right. How easy is it to commit fraud? And by the way, the 9-11 Commission made it clear 
immigration fraud was the key entry and embedding tactic of the terrorists. When we talk about immigration, do you feel that the next couple of years will see the issues that you and Greg and I are passionate about addressed by the uh, by the uh, Trump administration? I hope so. He's got to get rid of some of the prior holdovers from the Obama administration that are operating in, in, in antithesis to what he's trying to do. And we've also, as American people, need to reach out to all of our elected representatives on all levels to make certain that they end sanctuary city policies, which encourage drugs and look at the heroin, the opiate epidemic right now, encourage fugitives from justice to set up shop. They're not, they, these aren't sanctuaries. They're magnets for bad guys. We also have to get the Congress behind the president to hire enough agents so that there's real integrity to the process. Uh, laws that don't get enforced are meaningless. Nature's laws are immutable. They, they, they don't have to be enforced. Man's laws certainly have to be enforced. I know President Trump, Attorney General Sessions, are trying to get those laws enforced. We, the people, irrespective of party, need to stand behind the president and the attorney general and demand that our politicians, for once and for all, truly represent us. There it is. You can follow Michael Cutler on a variety of places, most notably his website, michaelcutler.net. He has the Michael Cutler Hour Friday evenings on Blog Talk Radio. And his most recent article, it appeared in Front Page Magazine, Diversity Lottery, a game of Russian roulette, American sovereignty and security dismantled under the guise of diversity. Michael, thank you for being with us to help us get our head around these uh, very important issues. Wish you all the best. Thank you so much for having me. Folks, remember, democracy is not a spectator sport. Have a great day. Amen. We'll be back with more after the break. an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to the United Inland Empire radio program. As the real fires rage in Southern California, the metaphorical political fires are raging all over the country, both with the uh, sexual harassment issue now taking out uh, Senator Franken. We'll talk about that in the show as well as... I'm so disappointed. I know, I know. But there's some political intrigue with this, Greg, that we have to get into because there is, uh, you know, his resigna- his non-resignation resignation, uh, I'll be resigning sometime in the future, I think has some political strategy behind that. We'll get into that. As well as you know, this the Mueller investigation, brand new developments regarding that. There's a political fire raging inside the Mueller investigation. And who better to help us get some perspective on that than former U.S prosecutor and attorney Andy McCarthy, who famously put away the blind shake uh, into a life sentence. The guy that, you know, was responsible for the 1993 World World Trade Trade Center Center bombing. bombing. Absolutely. And Randy is a Randy, Andy, Andy's pretty Randy. Um, Andy's a regular contributor to National Review, uh, nationalreview.com. You can follow his writings there. And he's been writing uh, prolifically about this, as well as you can follow Andy on Twitter at Andrew C. McCarthy on Twitter. Andy, welcome to the United I Radio Show. John, Greg, how are you? 
we're doing relatively well, but we need a professional's help to kind of get our heads around what uh, is developing here from a prosecutorial perspective. Someone who's sat in the seat of Mueller, uh, sort of, as you did with the uh, U.S. Attorney's Office. What is uh, never a dull moment in this? I'm just wondering, has your perspective on this investigation changed? Do we need an investigator to investigate the investigator? (laughs) Well, I don't really think it's it hasn't changed. I was against a uh, the appointment of a special counsel in the first place because uh, and I think we've talked about this before. I I, um, you know, the way it's supposed to work under the regulations is there's supposed to be the identification of a crime, some kind of criminal offense transaction that the Justice Department, for whatever reason, is conflicted uh, from investigating by itself and therefore it has to bring in a quasi independent attorney to to conduct the investigation in this case they didn't follow the regulations they assigned to Mueller a counterintelligence investigation which is just an information gathering exercise that doesn't necessarily have a beginning or an end and therefore uh, had all the uh, earmarks at the beginning uh, of being a fishing expedition that uh, you know, that could go on endlessly. And that's what I, that's what I complained about at the time. And I think, you know, what we've seen in the, uh, in the ensuing months has kind of proved that out. Well, I think it's, it, it stung from the beginning because Rod Rosenstein, Deputy Attorney General, who, by the way, we now know was involved in the Clinton Uranium One investigation much earlier, writes a memo to Sessions saying, here's the reason you should fire Comey. Sessions agrees, and they send the memo on over to President Trump, who said, okay, I agree with that, fires Comey. Comey then leaks information secretly to the press to uh, attacking President Trump, and then Rosenstein promptly appoints Mueller as special counsel to investigate President Trump. Almost as if it was orchestrated, right? Well, I think it was orchestrated by a lot of the uh, the administration's own incompetence unfortunately and then rosenstein panicking so i think what happened was number one they didn't anticipate something they should absolutely have anticipated which is that the democrats would go crazy over comey firing Uh, the white house drew what i think was a foolish calculation that because the democrats were angry over comey's role in the 2016 election that they would be delighted to see him go. And of course, the, the, anyone who was uh, uh, experienced in these things could have told them that at this point what the Democrats cared about was attacking Trump and, and Comey would be useful toward that end. So they weren't going to be happy about it. They were going to scream bloody murder over Comey being removed. And then you had the specter of Trump asked the Justice Department to write a memo for, uh, for why Comey should be removed. The Justice Department does that. The president announces that he's following the Justice Department's recommendation, which I don't think Rosenstein didn't think that he was going to be the one who was held out because Rosenstein wrote the memo. I don't I don't think he thought he was going to be the one who was held out as the guy who made the decision to fire Comey. And then when there was media blowback on that, Trump came out and said, no, no, it was my decision and it didn't have anything to do with the 2016 election. It was over, uh, you know, the fact that he wouldn't 
uh, say publicly what he was telling me privately, which is that I'm not a suspect. And then the next day at the White House, Trump hosted two Russian diplomats and told them that Comey was a nut job mm. and that uh, and that uh, firing Comey had relieved the pressure that Trump was under over Russia, which, of course, fed right into the Democrat narrative that Comey was fired as part of an obstruction of the Russia investigation. So I, I, I think what happened at that point was that Rosenstein, who had never been criticized by anyone in his long Washington career and had uh, made a point of pride out of getting along well with both sides, was for the first time in his life on the receiving end of some pretty vicious hits from the Democrats. And his response to that was to say, no, 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 I'm still a good guy. We're appointing a special counsel, and I'm not going to put any limitations on him. He can follow the facts wherever they go. So that's how we ended up in this place. It's because of the way they first mishandled Comey's firing. There's, you know, the president's allowed to, to fire the FBI director, but well, they mishandled how they did it, and then they panicked when the, when the Democrats and the media went crazy. Well, let's fast forward now. It appears that a couple of people that, Rod, that uh, Robert Mueller have added to his investigation team are now – uh, being characterized by a lot of people as creatures of the swamp. We've got this FBI agent now who was involved intimately in several aspects of the Hillary Clinton email scandal investigation, was there when uh, General Flynn was interviewed, and now has been uh, outed, if you will, by a leak uh, to the Washington Post saying that he has acted improperly via some texts that he shared with a woman, by the way, that he was having an affair with, who is also working for the FBI, apparently a frontline attorney. And now that, that that FBI agent was relieved of his duties in July, uh, the House Intelligence Committee could not get any information on this until finally it was leaked. Have And then there are other individuals now that are, are, that are uh, coming under the microscope as having potential bias against Donald Trump. How, how do you view these developments it, with regard to the entire investigation? Is it compromised? No, Don, I don't think it's any more compromised over over this than it would otherwise have been. I mean, it, it does underscore what's been obvious for a long time, which is that Hillary Clinton got the kid gloves treatment from the FBI and the Justice Department. And Mueller, far from that, is using some scorched earth tactics against Trump. But I, you know, I, I want to wait and see all of the information come in about Agent Strzok because I'm not, I mean, I'm not too impressed by the fact that he shows up here, there, and everywhere okay. in the Clinton investigation. He's the case agent. And if you look at every investigation in the FBI, there's a case agent who's there for every major development, whether it's interviews or, or what have you. So that's to be expected. And the other thing I think we ought to re realize about this agent is in March of this year, when he was still the FBI director, Comey told the House Intelligence Committee that the agents who interviewed General Flynn believed he had told the truth. Now, that's and an that interesting development. That, Say that again. Yeah, that. Say that again. Comey testified to the House Intelligence Committee. This was reported by The Wall Street Journal this week uh, that. The agents who interviewed General Flynn believed he had been truthful. There were some failures of recollection, but they thought they were honest failures of recollection, and they did not think he lied. Okay. So the conclusion that he lied 
was not drawn by Strzok. It sounds like Strzok thought he told the truth, and that was later countermanded by Mueller's very aggressive prosecution team. So I'm not sure that that it's accurate to say that Strzok is the anti-Trump zealot that he's been portrayed as. And everyone I talk to about him tells me he's an exceptional counterintelligence agent. And if he has strong political views, uh, you know, when I was a prosecutor, I had pretty strong political views, too. Um, And, you know, my colleagues knew what they were. Uh, But I I was a new I was a uh, conservative in New York with uh, a lot of liberal Democrat friends. We disagreed about that stuff. It was great fun over beers after work. But it didn't have anything to do with the day-to-day of enforcing the law. Okay, yes, but Strzok, according to reports, changed the wording in Comey's exoneration memo drafted before they interviewed the key witnesses from gross negligence to extremely right. careless to get it, that, get it out of the language of the statute. He interviewed... Uh, Huma Abedin and Cheryl Mills, who, according again, the emails show that they lied to him right. about knowing about Hillary's private server. And of course, no charges have been brought against. Yeah, but hold on them. for a minute. Right. Strzok, Strzok was not in a position to charge anyone. What did he the reason that it? no one got charged in the Hillary, the reason no one got charged in the Hillary Clinton investigation is because President Obama didn't want them charged. <laughs> That's you know you don't think. You don't really think that Strzok and Comey and Loretta Lynch were making these decisions. The president didn't want this done, and the subordinates saluted and, and did what they were told to do. I mean, you look, I'm not saying it's a good thing. I would, I would love to, to have been in a situation uh, where we could say, you know, look, everybody thought this sunk to high heaven, and they honorably resigned. They couldn't, they couldn't carry through with it. That's not what happened, but I don't think they're the main culprits. I think... You know, Obama didn't want this to happen, but Strzok wasn't in a position to to charge anyone. And if he had recommended that these people be charged, they would have laughed at him. Well, I I, I mean, I'm just I'm not I'm not trying to sing the the guy's praises. I'm just trying to put in context where he fits in the totem. No, and that's why we're having you on, because we you know, we're sitting out here and, and by all appearances, we have we have multiple swamp creatures that are conspiring against our new president, it would seem, and giving favor to past administration officials. Yeah, I think that that's there's no doubt that's true. I let me just say one other thing, though, Don, I think as far as the changing the verbiage is concerned, you know, where they changed it uh, to, to uh, extreme carelessness because gross negligence was the term used in the statute. It's reported that Strzok is the guy who did that. I, I must tell you that, number one, Jim Comey is one of the most gifted lawyers I've ever worked with. And it's inconceivable to me that at some point he wouldn't have realized that and changed himself. And the other thing is those that statement went through about 12 hands before it went out there. So if Strzok was the one who caught it, uh, fine. But, you know, somebody would have caught it. There was no way Comey was going to go out there and publicly use the words that were in the statute when he was saying that she was exonerated. All right, Andy, we've got to leave it right there. We will be back with more with Andrew McCarthy and his thoughts on the Mueller investigation and some of the other developments that have occurred over the last couple of weeks. After this word from All-Star Collision, the place to go when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this.
When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. We are very pleased today to have Andrew McCarthy as our guest on the phone. He is a former U.S. attorney from the Southern District of New York, and among his many cases, he successfully prosecuted Sheikh Omar Abdul Rahman, sometimes known as the Blind Sheikh, for his role in the 1993 World Trade Center bombing. And we've been unpacking what's going on with the Mueller investigation. You can find uh, Andy's work at nationalreview.com and a whole series of articles. He writes very regularly there, and among them are well, some on Jerusalem, but on Strzok, let's wait for the evidence. Supreme Court permits tra- Trump travel restrictions to take effect. It's now an obstruction investigation, and the Mueller investigation, politics, not law enforcement or counterintelligence. Great series of articles. Absolutely. Andy does a great job of keeping a real. And this is one thing I want to. I might disagree with a little bit of your take, but I there's no way I can overrule you based on your experience. But I appreciate your sober uh, view of the events that are unfolding, and I think it's a, a great uh, body of work for folks to tune into and read you on National Review to get that sober view of these very important events for what. You know, we on the outside trying to divine what's going on on the inside. You mentioned that it's now an obstruction investigation. I'm kind of viewing it almost as an impeachment investigation, that this is supposed to give the left fodder for their desire to impeach Donald Trump, no matter how, um, I guess, uh, unachievable that might be from a congressional makeup. It certainly feels that way. Well, well, John, I, I think that that's right. And to my mind, the collusion thing, which was never really very real in the first place, has gone by the boards and Mueller is homing in on obstruction of justice. And no Justice Department prosecutor in his right mind would ever contemplate uh, indicting the president in court mm-hmm. you know, for, a, for a judicial criminal proceeding simply because, and Mueller's a smart guy, he knows this, the president runs the executive branch. Prosecution's an executive power, which means in our system, and I'm not trying to be cute here, the president has all the trump cards um, <laughs> to prevent a prosecution of him from happening, including that he can pardon himself and everybody else and, and stop the investigation in its tracks that way. He can order the the prosecutor to be fired. He could pull the plug on the investigation. So no prosecutor um, would ever think that he'd be able to get away with indicting the president. So you have to figure Mueller's got something else on his mind. And the only other thing I think he could have on his mind is impeachment. Now, I want to I stress here, 
I'm not saying that Mueller personally wants to impeach Trump. I don't know that to be the case. But what I'm saying is that he is certainly digging to see if there is such a case. Um, and, and, you know, obviously they're investigating this in a very uh, aggressive way. But I think that their ultimate goal is to write a report and drop it in Congress's lap at some point. And therefore, what becomes very, very important to this investigation is something that has nothing to do with law enforcement. It's strictly politics. Who wins the 2018 midterms? Because in our system, the impeachment is um, is something that the House of Representatives can file articles on, articles of impeachment, by a simple majority vote. Uh, you still need the two-thirds supermajority in the Senate to remove the president, but I think certainly the Democrats would like to, if, if there's a plausible way to do this, they would like to at least impeach him, that is, at least file articles of impeachment. And I think if they win the midterms, which requires, I can't remember if it's 26 or 28 seats they'd have to flip, mm-hmm. but if they flip the House, you know, the Democrats are much more disciplined than the Republicans about hanging together for tough votes. And I think it becomes a, a very realistic possibility that the president gets at least articles of impeachment filed against him, even if Mueller doesn't have much of a case. I still think uh, you look at the list of people he's appointed as attorneys. We don't have time to go through the full list. Some of them have come to light like Ree and, and Weissman and, mm-hmm. and their activities. But you look at who's made contributions to the Democrats. It looks like who they've represented Democrats, they represented the Clinton Foundation. It wasn't like they picked, okay, maybe there's some Democrats on there and there's some Republicans on there. And maybe they're all good professional attorneys who are going to do a, a professional investigation. But it looks like he's packed his investigative team with partisan Democrat attorneys exclusively. And I think that sort of illustrates yeah. what his intention is. And if I can add to what Greg said in the case of Weissman, overly aggressive as it relates to his yeah. activities with Enron. Yeah, well, look, what they did to Manafort was shameful. I mean, there was a situation where, you know, Manafort was cooperating with the House committee. And if they wanted documents, they could have uh, they could have called Manafort's lawyer and asked him to deliver the documents. They could have subpoenaed him and forced him to to turn over the documents. Instead, they not only got a search warrant, which is a very intrusive way, you know, exactly. a bunch of Asians show up and toss your house. They not only did that, they got somehow they convinced a, a federal judge to give them permission to enter the house before six o'clock in the morning. That is in the dead of night. And they broke in. They didn't, you know, knock and announce their presence. They wouldn't even let the guy's wife get out of bed without um, checking her for weapons first. Unreal. After they came in with their with their guns drawn. I mean, you know, there was absolutely no reason that's a, for that. That's a provision that we have in the law where, you know, if the agents have to do a search warrant in a place where we're, t- we're dealing with dangerous criminals, where it's actually dangerous for the agents to come in the door, um, we have that. In you know that tool that is rarely used in order for that situation, but to turn it on someone like I, I look, I'm not I don't have any brief for Manafort. He could be a creep. In fact, you know the more you learn about him, the, the more it seems that way. But um, you know he's he's at worst a white collar criminal, um, and to to treat him as if he was like a mafia don or or you know Osama bin Laden was really over the top. So I, I agree with you and Greg that 
not only the way Mueller has staffed this is suspect, I think it's really it, it's it's a, a real black mark on his judgment because he has to know that in a fraught political investigation, and this investigation is unavoidably immersed in politics, um, you want to have objective. You know, you want people to be able to look exactly. at it and say that mm-hmm. it's fair. One more question: and We got about we got about forty seconds that way. About 40 seconds left here. How is the FBI, what you're seeing now going on, different, if at all, than when you were an assistant U.S. attorney working with the FBI? Well, I think that over the Obama years, both the the intelligence services and, to some extent, the law enforcement agencies were put in the service of Obama administration narratives in a way that that, that had not happened with uh, with previous administrations. You know, with the FBI, I, I happen to be a great admirer of the FBI. I worked with them for 20 years. There's always, you know, bad apples and bad sure. uh, actors in any institution. But the FBI is a great institution, and it really does need to cleanse itself of this, you know, dark chapter where it's gotten itself immersed in politics. We want our law enforcement not to be immersed in politics. Andy, I can't tell you how much we appreciate you spending time with us today to help our us and our listeners um, get a better perspective on what's unfolding in this highly charged uh, investigation. Uh, appreciate you and your work. Andy McCar- Andy Andrew C. McCarthy, you can follow him on National Review, nationalreview.com. Great articles and follow him on Twitter at Andrew C. McCarthy. Andy, have a great holiday. Merry Christmas. God bless you. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. We got to leave it right there. Unfortunately, we are out of time. That's going to do it for us. Another edition of the Unite IE radio program every Saturday at 4 p.m. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.